welcome back to What Gear Podcast number two. Joined by AV Dave and Cartoon Charlie on the Skype. Uh, I'm sitting here like a loner, but um, happy new year to everybody um, out there. Everybody listen to the first podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it. It was just me and Dave basically talking about Star Wars and uh, a few other things. But uh, Dave, how was your new Yo. year? <laughs> It was good, man. It was good. A few beers. Uh, watched a couple of films. Yeah, really good. Quite a one. Uh, Charlie? Yeah, similar, really. Usually we have uh, a big New Year's Eve fly up, but uh, a couple of people were working, a couple of people were uh, away, so nice. ended up just a, a few beers with the missus. Oh, nice, nice. Excellent. So, big news right now with CES is uh, it's happening as we speak. They had the first couple of days now. And I was keeping an eye on the Sony press conference in particular. Being that most of the What Gear fans are Sony fans, uh, I was watching that pretty closely. Um, so there were some big announcements from them. They've kind of uh, gone back, well, they've gone back and they've created a record player for vinyls, which you can then record your vinyls onto digital as well, which is quite handy. But they say, you know, they've kind of designed it to be a standalone vinyl uh, record player. What do you guys think about that? A bit lame, really. <laughs> if you ask me. I, I mean, think that uh, says it all, really. Yeah, it's, I think vinyl is really. I mean, I used to do a bit of mixing back in the day, bedroom bedroom DJing and all that. But vinyl is a dead format. I don't. You know, nine out of ten record shops, or even even if there are nine nine record shops in the country anymore, yeah. you can't really buy vinyl anymore so i don't really see the point but apparently they were saying there's a bit of a spike in interest in it and people really like that sound of, of vinyl that's what i think I th- yeah i think it's it's a real niche interest but like the people that are passionate about it are really passionate about it so yeah. i think it it's good for them but as far as like brought you know capturing that sort of mass market appeal is i can't really see it like i've got a couple of vinyl sure knocking about but um you know yeah. as it it just seems like a really niche product when everyone's obviously trying to go for these like big interests. You know, a lot of the other news that's coming out of CES at the minute is obviously mass market stuff that you know they try to capture everybody. Yeah. You know, the biggest market possible. So it seems interesting that it's come out now. You know, they're just like here's something for the the vinyl enthusiasts. Yeah. Well, I know Technics relaunched last year. Technics um, are owned by Panasonic. They released. They came back into the market last year because they were the most well known for uh, vinyl turn. Their their turntables were the best. Everyone knows that. Um, and they released a new one last year. So it's interesting that Sony has picked now to do it. Um, be interesting to see how well it does. But anyway, um, yeah, let's let's move on. <laughs> Apparently, I haven't seen this. You guys were saying about this madness drone, right? What's that all about? Um. Well, just um, just picture like a, a parrot drone, man-sized parrot drone. It's got like a, a almost like a small a, a wheel, you know, like a quadcopter. Yeah. It's got like a like a um, almost like a electric car size, uh, cockpit, sitting right in the middle of it. And uh, yeah, you you don't actually fly yourself. Someone flies for you. Um, I gotta say, man, what were they thinking? There's no way I put my hands in, uh, put my life in someone else's hands like that. Um, I feel like it's um, they're kind of trying to capture that, you know, like you've you've seen like you know iRobot or like Minority Report, where it's all like auto drive and, yeah. and all that crap. 
they're, they're trying to sort of go, yeah, it's here now, but it isn't really, is it? It's still just <laughs> a guy yeah. flying it for you. I've, I've seen what happens when those when two of those toy drones uh, collide midair, man. It's not pretty. <laughs> I wonder if uh, I mean, can you just take the could you just like take the control up? I didn't actually get to see the control. I just saw like the unit itself. Like, no, could you I'm just not the sit in the co- I... could you just sit in the cockpit flying it yourself? Or I don't know, man. The problem with it, that the, is... the, the, the title. The title is pilot, uh, pilotless drone to transport humans. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> Good luck to them. That's what I yeah. say. I mean, like when you, if you go on, if you sit in a plane with the pilot and the pilot's flying, that's one thing. At least if if he crashes, his life is at risk as well, right? Exactly. So there's yeah. that, that that there's that fear for him. Like he doesn't want to crash the plane. If you piss somebody off, right? <laughs> Just before getting in his quadrocopter, what's to stop someone? That person getting a hold of the controller. Just fucking nosediving you, you know what I mean? <laughs> to the floor. I feel, I mean, could, just a just a question for you guys, I guess. Um, what what sort of implication, like, what what's the application for this? Like, is it literally just, like, a taxi or, you know, would, the, would they be, like, ambulances like this or? Yeah, it could, it could be know, useful. What, 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 do you, what do you think? Like, yeah, I think maybe emergency um, recovery could be good, isn't it? It's just like a, a helicopter. But uh, without the pilot, just goes from A to B. Um, could be good if they get it right. I feel yeah, like maybe from a military aspect, but from a commercial standpoint, can you really see? I don't know. Fa- fam- family of four. You got you got. Um, I don't know dad going off to work or whatever. And there's there's how many millions of homes? Can you really see one of these parks in the driveway? Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's, uh, again, you know, I don't think it's got, like, this mass market application, no. but I think, like, as far as, I mean, I know I mentioned earlier, obviously, like, ambulances, but, like, you know, they, they're trying to get, like, rapid response stuff, you know, like, someone's uh, been swept out to sea or something, you know, and they need to get out there as quickly as possible. Like, it could be good just to have, like, a guy sitting in a room on a control pad waiting to fly this away but beyond that i, I can't really see much Could sort be of the application of for it. you know a taxi service or something like that because it would scare the fuck out of me <laughs> sponsored by uber <laughs> yeah you know, <laughs> it I wouldn't mean, surprise been, me either it'd be a lot cheaper for them there's yeah. been uh, quite a lot of talk of uh, amazon getting into the drone delivery service business amazon air yeah um but there's, uh, we were speaking to someone at the BVE uh, last year. He was like, "It's not, it's never going to happen. There's too much, um, too much red tape at the moment." But you never know, man. I, I actually heard they they put some uh, restrictions on where you can fly these things now as well. There's some like you have to be. There are laws in place where you have to be sort of certain distance away from from people. I saw this video right where this this guy flew his drone in into a near a farm area. And it scared the horse, and the horse turned around, and legged it, and cracked his head on a on a pole and died. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a. It wasn't a. Yeah, I bet that guy felt guilty. <laughs> I definitely uh, think that. Yeah, that's that's obviously a a big risk, but I I feel like there's only going to get more. There's only going to be more red tape in the future. Is like, you so know, the, Amazon uh, tried to roll this out. The the drone is actually called the Ehang Personal Microcopter. Um, and it's likely to cost 
uh, somewhere in the region of two hundred thousand dollars or one hundred thirty-seven thousand sterling. And according to the BBC, it may be illegal to ride uh, in many countries as well. So uh, good luck buying one of those and actually using it. Yeah, someone will. Someone will. <laughs> Someone with more money than sense. Yeah. Footballers. <laughs> yeah, well, they probably won't be allowed, man. It would, they'd probably be a breach to their contract, putting themselves at risk like that. Um, anyway, that's the madness drone in. Um, I'll have to check that out. I haven't seen it yet. I mean, I've only literally watched the Sony press conference and the Samsung press conference. So uh, going back to Sony real quick, are you guys familiar with their flagship TV from last year and the year before, the one with the massive speakers? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they finally decided to scrap those massive speakers on the side. And they've actually released well, a TV, right, which is the bezel's really thin, the TV's really thin, and um, the, the backlighting, it's a full backlighted display this time as well. So they've actually, I think they've got it right this year. Um, well, me and you talked a lot about those speakers, didn't we? Yeah, it's, it's a love-hate um, thing, isn't it, for most people? I che- like, I understand, obviously, that they they're trying to push it as like you know high quality audio and stuff everybody wants you know that in their living rooms that cinema experience so everyone's trying to push towards that but like it was ridiculous yeah it's not some pyramids that sat in your (laughs) living room like (laughs) i think you've got to um you if you want to keep everyone happy you can't force these speakers on them you know what i mean if you want to do the speak this is what i think if you're going to do the speakers like big speakers on side of the TV, make it an optional access, an optional add-on. You know what I mean? Um, not yeah, everybody wants yeah. that. For example, for where my TV is now in my living room, it barely fits in this space. If I had that TV, it would not fit in that space, and I don't think there's anywhere in my living room where I could put it where it'd look, it look, it wouldn't look weird. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, that that was. Um, but the Sony TVs, I, I have to say, you know, the Android system that they've got. Um, is good, but it's still in its early days, so it'll be interesting to see how it changes next year. Um, but TVs in general, not... this year they're all going with this HDR thing. That's the big buzzword. Yeah, I think we're not really going to be in. Uh, I mean, it's early days this year, and I mean we're going to be in a much better position to to see what's on offer in kind of May June time, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's that's round about the time. So anyone thinking about buying a TV. These next three to four months uh, is a perfect time. If you're if you're not that fussed about getting the latest thing, you're going to get a really good deal on last year's model. Um, and if you want to check some of those out, you can check out whatgear.net. Done loads of reviews, especially on the Sony TVs. Check those out. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, from Sony, I wasn't that blown away with all of their announcements. They got some more sort of um, trying to compete, trying to compete with um, Sonos type speakers multi-room stuff what's your thoughts on the multi-room charlie i like the idea of it um it's convenience i guess yeah like everyone tries to do multi-room stuff i mean sky have been doing it for years um so yeah i I think it's it's a convenience thing i mean we've come a long way from the days you know the early days of like the first sort of generation of bluetooth speakers yeah and I think they're just trying to make it easier and easier, which is good. It's never a bad thing, obviously. I tell you what, really, uh, Sony announced this is really interesting. Is they've got um, these wireless speakers, and apparently, right? So let's say you've got your setup, you've got your TV in your living room, 
and you've got a sound bar hooked up to it the sound bar you can then buy uh, five uh, an extra four speakers of these wi-fi speakers and connect them wirelessly to the sound bar and have 5.1 without running all the cables um that's a great idea it is but then you know like the thing is they say wireless but you still got to run the power cable which means finding four power sockets in each corner of your room which is just as difficult as, as wiring the audio cables to the four corners yeah, of the room. Yeah, true saying. In fact, running the audio cables is probably easier than running the power power supplies, unless you just have a, you know, unless you're having a house built from scratch where you can account for that. Um, it's quite difficult, man. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's going to fly, to be honest. I need to obviously sort out the power situation, but yeah, you know, a couple like... of years ago. They announced. Well, they didn't announce. They had. They were showing this technolo- technology where literally they could embed in the walls and tables um, power supply, which sort of sort of transfers through the wall. Did you see all that stuff? I have seen some stuff on that. It's uh, like a technology that like Nikola Tesla invented, yeah. basically, fucking a hundred years ago or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, it's an interesting sort of prospect. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff about like. Uh, basically Edison massively discrediting it saying that you know people would get electrocuted all the time and shit yeah um, so I think there's a lot of like skepticism because you're yeah. just like oh like just electricity everywhere yeah wireless charging I guess it's kind of here isn't it it's like wireless charging it's getting more popular and more popular you know like I think you know last week I wandering around the high street and just in the window of CEX there was quite a, a, a nice little selection of different sort of wireless phone charges so yeah. yeah it's definitely becoming a more popular technology yeah yeah so i mean the i guess when when we get to the point where literally your power supply is running through the walls of your house that's when when these sort of wi- wi-fi speakers you can literally just mount them on the wall with no cables at all and they'd literally just feed off that power supply on the wall um, I think electricity companies would fucking love that as yeah. well. You'd never, you'd never really truly understand how much power you're using. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if someone just sits close to a wall, their phone just starts charging. Don't even know it's happening. So, yeah, someone at British Gas is just sitting there like, oh yes, so uh, much money. <laughs> yeah, no, literally, I remember them demoing this. It literally was a few years ago, and they had like this, um, like a light fitting on this wall right which was i don't know how they had it fitted to the wall but they could move it around on the wall like low or high or anywhere and it would the bulb would stay on and it was the only power to that the only power to the light was um coming from through the wall literally but anyway um that's uh in the past but it should be in the future um hopefully maybe but there might be some uh some risk involved (laughs) maybe it's a solution to the power issue, obviously, and then obviously that does make it um, a nice little, you know, cheap, like you say, five point one. Yeah, and the good, you know, the good thing about that that idea is the fact that if you just want the soundbar, just buy the soundbar, and later on, if you get, you know, you get some extra money and you're like, I want to upgrade it to uh, soundbar plus two speakers at the back, you can do that, and then uh, sort of incremental additions to the setup. Which is a good yeah, idea. Yeah, modular. Yeah, and like you know, you got. I don't know if you guys have heard of um, the Dolby Atmos. It's like, no. It's like a new audio setup, so it's like 5.1, but then 
more speakers on the ceiling. <laughs> so literally, um, the sound uh, completely surrounded is, is, is starting to step up another level. <laughs> um, I think that's something we'll see in cinema soon as well. The Dolby Atmos. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, more from Sony. I guess they they allow they announced a few new headphones. Nothing particularly special in my mind, other than the TV. Um, I think there's a new Walkman as well. I know there's a new wireless um, headphone, like a swimming one. You know, them underwater ones. They're now okay. Waterproof. Waterproof headphones. Yeah. Walkman ones as well. So the onboard storage in there and that. Um, I gotta say, not... I can't really see, see myself doing some laps in the swimming pool wearing a head wearing, wearing headphones. Well, people do, weird. man, because they keep making them year in year out. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's buying them, yeah. Yeah, but it's not. There's nothing compared to the days of the actual Walkman. You know what I mean? No chance. You, that's not a product that every single person must have, man. When when that Walkman. Yes, yeah, it's definitely not as revolutionary. I mean, my mum actually got the first walkman like yeah. <laughs> she was working on like cruise ships at the time and it went to new york and one of the deckhands walked on with a walkman and everyone was just like what is this yeah <laughs> so you know, like, equipment <laughs> it, yeah basically and they all ran out and bought one in new york and it was like they'd, they'd literally just gone on sale like in the last couple of days but can you see any of this sort of technology having that sort of impact that sort of effects I, I can't really see you know it's weird. Oh, you can swim and listen to music now yeah it's not I, I have to say i haven't seen anything that's been amazingly revolutionary for a while man i mean the last thing that i saw that was like super impressive i guess probably was the flexible phone screen uh the samsung one that was talking like, of which um lg of uh flexible and 18 inch uh rollable screen at ces this year have they really what oled yeah or one one millimeter thick apparently no way what an actual Just... piece of like uh plastic kind of with a screen yep. on it i'll tell you what um, man, lg lg right back in the day oled display prototype can play live videos as it's rolled up that's crazy that's crazy I mean, LG back in the day, right? They were called Lucky Gold Star. That's what they were known as, and people didn't people didn't rate their products at all. They were like um, seen as substandard. Sounds like a taxi cab, taxi cab firm. Yeah, Lucky Gold Star. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they they were known as they were known for having quite low quality um, stuff. If you look at what they're doing nowadays, right, especially with TVs, um, they yeah, they announced a um, 8K TV. Um, 98 inch LED, uh, LED, 8K LED TV. That's crazy. Resolution of uh, 7,680 by 4,320. Um, yeah, the that average the average Joe won't be able to afford that one though. Yeah, when I um, when I was working in Harrods, um, they had the 105 inch <laughs> LED screen. Man, that thing was a monster. I have to say, it was it, it was 5K. But it was only 5K because it was in the widescreen um, ratio. So you had extra width. But when you watched a regular sort of movie on it, it would just sort of crop. Uh, it, well, it wouldn't crop. It, it, it just, just, just like letterbox it, yeah. Yeah. It like, just... when you, like when you're watching like 4.3 stuff on the... Yeah, which was uh, still, on it's still bigger than most TVs, man. Um, it was impressive, I have to say. LG are doing big things now, man. Uh, they've come out of nowhere. Um, 
and they've got the OLED TVs. I know they're releasing some new ones. Last year they were they announced a flexible. Uh, so basically, not a well, it is a flexible. So basically, you you have a flat TV, but if you want to curve it, you just push a button and it curves, um, which is pretty crazy. Um, but it's on that, the so, best of, the best of both worlds, I guess, really. Yeah, I just I don't know if I believe in the curve, man. To be honest with you, um, you know, my, my old man's just bought um, a sixty-two inch curved four K TV, you know, Samsung. and he he fucking loves it, but. <laughs> I don't know. It's it, it just we we've had to sort of completely rearrange the living room just to sort of accommodate both the size and shape of the telly. Yeah, you getting any reflections on it as well? Um, not so bad because they've put it kind of with the window behind it, so there's no right. Like uh, obviously you see like that just a, a straight white line down it. Yeah. Um, if if there is any light source, but. I mean, it's a beautiful telly. Don't get me wrong. It's just that I question the the point in it when you've got to rearrange your entire living room just to accommodate it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. Uh, Samsung are really uh, throwing themselves at the curved concept. Like literally, last year, pretty much all they did was curved TVs. I don't think they had they had very very few flat screen TVs. Uh, and this year looks the same. Um, the one, I mean, the one thing they seem to be focusing on this year in there when it came to their TVs was the fact that it's IOT ready or IOT compatible um, I think you know Samsung have this thing where they where they do they don't just do TVs you know what I mean they do fridges Hoovers <laughs> they do kitchen stuff washing machines and I think they Phones. want all, all of their stuff to work together including the TV that's that's their sort of um, vision I guess yeah the uh smart home yeah uh, definitely has been a big uh a big theme of uh the samsung ces this year do you yeah. think it's like the new sort of put it, putting a clock in it <laughs> it is it, it like, kind of is back, i mean back in could... the 90s that's what they did wasn't it they just put a clock yeah in it. It went, like, oh. went from a clock to then they put i remember seeing a tv screen like a flat screen little 19 yeah. inch tv screen in the door um and now like now you've got like uh wi-fi enabled and it can you can use it. You get like download an app, and you can control the temperature of each drawer you know in the fridge. And you know I was looking at. I was looking at that fridge. Um, <laughs> like it's it's pretty crazy. Like the idea of being able to do that is like hyper convenience, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. The latest one has a twenty-one point five inch HD touchscreen. Yeah. You know what else it can do? It can take photos of the inside of your fridge, right? So when you go down the shop. You got your phone. You got your phone. You're like, oh man, do I need? To... I can't remember. Do I have any milk left? And you look at your phone. You load a picture <laughs> from inside your fridge. Yeah, every time you close your fridge, right, it takes a photo of the contents of your fridge. <laughs> Do you feel like it's overkill, like having that much convenience? Like, I tell you oh, what. No, I'm, I'm gonna. Yeah, I, like I leaving the house. He, I going, think oh, he's making. I think the... I better drop the. I think I better drop the temperature on the milk. Just a, <laughs> an extra, you know, half a degree yeah. or something, you know. I think I think it's making people a little bit. It must be making people a little bit brain dead. I mean, if you can't if you can't remember to write down on the shopping list, I do milk, eggs, cheese, butter, and whatever uh, meat and whatever else goes in the fridge. Then, what's wrong with you, man? No, I tell you what. You know, there's the thing a... is, you know, there's a market for it. There's been a few times, right, where I've been at the shop and I've I've been like, right, do I need milk? I don't know. Maybe I need milk, so I'll buy it anyway. And I get home, and then <laughs> got milk. 
I've already got, got, got double milk. I've already got the milk. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just moved into rest my case, a, brain a new flat. Yeah, no, <laughs> I just moved into a new flat and my uh, my family came to stay with me. When I was out, uh, I thought I'll get pick up some milk. You know, we're, we're coffee and tea drinkers, a lot of us. And uh, when I got back, my mum had already been to the shops and bought some milk. Yeah, so you see, so, this, these high-tech cameras and touchscreens, man, they have a purpose. And it is to make sure you don't end up with double milk in your fridge. <laughs> Saving the planet one pint at a time. Uh, I, I, do you know what? It's, I think it does seem very gimmicky. If it becomes the norm, right? If, every, if, if, you, if like every single fridge has a camera in it and, and, and a thing, um, I think it could be something that's used more often. Um, I definitely see a future in it because, like I say, it's just anything that makes it's like makes your life easier. I guess yeah. you know, you just it's something that you you don't have to think about as much anymore. Whereas, like you say, you know, making a list, yeah. <laughs> going out, going like, oh, have I left anything off? Yeah, it's old, that's old fashioned now, man. List, yeah. paper, you know, like it's funny because. Uh, I've got an app for my for my shopping actually. <laughs> exactly, it's old fashioned, man. I remember before, like before, um, even mobile phones and that, man. You, I just keep a bit of paper in my wallet with everybody's phone numbers on it. That's how much play technology's changed, man. I used to have a list yeah. with people's numbers on it. Uh, now, now, um, now we're moving on to the days of cameras in fridges and uh, and uh, touch screens on fridges. What's next, man? What's next? Um, but anyway, uh, so that's Samsung. They've also got, do you know, this, this, uh, tell me what you think of this, right? So they've got this washing machine, right? Revolutionary washing machine. You can load your washing into it, you can wash it. But if you forgot to put in that one sock, you know, you always end up with one sock, right? Ah, uh, yeah, the one, the, the, the one with the, the, the cap flap in, in the door. <laughs> there is a cap flap in the front of the uh, washing machine. You can add it in mid-wash. <laughs> it's perfect but I'll tell you what that leaves you uh, uh, there, there's a few um, opportunities here for kids right you know like kids just like I don't know Dave's got kids right so he might fall into this category they might just think oh what happens if I put this in here <laughs> mid wash chuck in oh, a red sock if I, or something? if I drop daddy's uh, new screwdriver set in there what happens then <laughs> uh, my daughter did actually put a hammer in the washing machine once really what, did you set it off yeah bloody yeah <laughs> um so yeah that's a uh, samsung's new washing machine with a uh, with a cat flap so uh, the the only other i mean samsung has done a belt like i mentioned earlier a smart samsung has done a um a smart belt which they've called the swelt which is uh, a bit like a activity tracker <laughs> the, swelt. the swelt I, I kid you not um, uh, yeah. It actually measures your waistline and uh, can help you track what you eat and and stuff like this. I'm not really sure I'm liking where this is going. To be honest, with you. <laughs> sort of like you know, you, you go to Starbucks and you pick up a cream cake and it and it sort of like goes tightens around your waist. Oh man, it shows <laughs> you like a picture a of your reminder. fridge. <laughs> You've already got yeah. cream cake. <laughs> shows you shows you a picture of what your toilet will look like the next day. <laughs> um, and the the only other thing I've seen of Samsung is a um, a solar powered uh, handbag type thing, clutch bag type thing, that will charge a Samsung phone in about four hours. Apparently, uh, I assume wirelessly, like the uh, the, the key charging. 
Yeah, I, I do like the idea of that wireless charging, I have to say. Um, it will be good once you don't... I mean, like, how difficult is it to plug a wire in? That's my phone. Uh, carry on, man. Oh. So, uh, yeah, us consumer professionals have actually put our phones on silent. No, uh, I put mine on airplane mode. That's what I did. <laughs> no, uh, I don't need PPI. <laughs> Uh, that's my house phone, man. I can't put it on silent. It's old-fashioned. <laughs> Who's got house phones anymore, man? Well, you need to have it to have broadband, don't you? Yeah. Well, I've got You don't have to have a phone plugged in. That's um, a good point. Yeah, so I, I, was just, I was saying about uh, wireless charger real quick. If you have to have this mat, right, which you put your phone on to charge, is it really that much more effort to plug the wire in? Yeah, I'd... I'd <laughs> I feel like that too, but I think well, there are uh, people that are going to say, like, yes, it is, you know, and uh, you were... Oh, sorry, I no, no, I was just going to say, um, obviously, the, the video that you made, Troy, about the uh, the charger that you can put in either way. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah. You, you're saying, you know, well, coming in, you know, late at night, it's dark. Yeah, yeah. Just fumbling about in the dark to try and find the, the wire and possibly, you know, even in the extreme cases of, like, damaging it. It's yeah. just easier just to sort of whack it on the side and just be like, yeah, that's charging. Yeah, yeah the, the mass market uh, manufacturers such as IKEA are also um, integrating into furniture. So a little bedside table or coffee table, wherever you just drop your phone on the little spot. I think, it's the, coffee, for you. I think the coffee table is a winning idea, isn't it? Cause it or bedside table. Because imagine yeah. you just literally walk in and just put it on the table and you know it's charging. Everyone charges their phone beside their bed at night, so... Yeah. Be able to just to like drop it yeah. down there uh, next to the lamp or whatever, next to the alarm clock. Yeah. Very Let handy. me just say, uh, if you guys want to check out that video that Charlie was talking about, that's the that's the Muck Flip. I don't know why they called it a Muck Flip, uh, but it is called the Muck Flip, um, and it's basically a USB charging cable which you can fit to pretty much any phone except for iPhones, um, either way up, which is really like really convenient, uh, except. It doesn't work with my phone because I've got a OnePlus 2 and it's a bloody USB-C. <laughs> so I've, got, I've got it sitting in the drawer out there. I do use it to charge the tablet and stuff like that. Um, good little, uh, good little uh, uh, accessory, I have to say. I'm thinking it's about tenner something around there. You can use it on any um, anything like that, so it'll work with your your games controllers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, games controllers as, as well. well. Yeah. Um, that that actually reminds me of something, man. Those you know the cable that uh, Sony give you with the PlayStation, man. It's so bloody short. When you want to charge your pad, right? There's two options. You can either charge it in advance, or you can sit like a meter away from your console and uh, while yeah. it's playing while it's charging. Yeah, I, I recently just got a, uh, a a much longer cable for like my games consoles, and you really notice the difference. Not having to just like lay on the ground immediately in front of the TV. <laughs> Especially if you've got a big TV, man, and like how bright these TVs are nowadays is is insane. It's gonna do some damage for sure. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny actually. On the topic of TVs, right? I heard that those some of those old tube TVs, the response time for gaming was actually better than some of the new LED TVs. A lot of new LED TVs do upscaling, and that kind of creates a little bit of input lag. Yeah, yeah. That is, that's, yeah, that is true. 
I was looking, I just literally got the um, W8C, which is a sort of, it's a mid-ranger TV from Sony. I just got it for my bedroom. And um, I did an unboxing video, by the way. If you guys want to check that out, head over to the What Gear YouTube channel. I also did a review. But um, one of the things I did when I first got it was looked up sort of expert uh, calibrations for it. And um, they basically tell you, almost with any TV as well, I've, I've done this on a few different TVs, they basically all tell you to turn all that stuff off, you know, all of the extra processing. Um, pretty, yeah. It's a pretty standard thing to turn that off uh, on your TV, um, which is interesting. It's, uh, it's, I mean, you're striding a middle ground, really, isn't it? Because you want it to look as good as possible on the TV, but you also want to be able to play it and for it to be responsive. So, yeah. yeah. You know, there's, do you know what? This is a topic, right? I've heard a lot of talk about the PlayStation 5. There's a lot of rumors about PlayStation 5 already. Um, you guys heard anything? There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of talk, but I'm not really hearing anything concrete that you know I'm thinking to myself. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a thing. You know, I think like Sony have done really really well with the PS4. They're happy to be back on top again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, on the on the flip side, uh, I've uh, actually read something today that might there's a a report out today or yesterday saying that there's a high chance that Microsoft will be launching a uh, a new console this year. Do you know what I? Um, I'm, you, I'm going to make a prediction here, right? This is what I think. I reckon the next consoles from Sony and Play um, and Microsoft are going to come in two versions. There's going to be one. For the old school gamers like us who like having the physical games and the game boxes and the art and all that stuff. And then there's going to be a, a console, same console, no working drive, all cloud-based. Download only. Completely cloud-based. You know why I think that? Because there's a lot of people, right? A lot of kids now, right? They grew up and they maybe even missed the sort of CD days. You know, we, we had CD music and cassettes and stuff, right? But these people that grew up never having this stuff right they don't expect to have physical products they're, they're playing um games that they don't physically hold or own they're just on tablets or smartphones so when it comes to consoles um they don't expect or you know they don't miss what they they never had you see what i mean i think um that's the dream really what you've just said like having like cloud-based stuff yeah. um but I don't think PlayStation Now has taken off in a big way as Sony was hoping it was, and they're not really supporting it massively. Like, yeah. I saw an ad for it the other day. It was like oh, over a hundred um, PlayStation exclusives yeah. now available. But you know, I mean, I'm a as someone who's a collector of old games and stuff. Like, I like having that physical stuff. So PlayStation Now just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm not really that target demographic, but I definitely think there's a market for it. Um, just somewhat like they've already had a crack at doing it with the PSP Go a few years ago. Yeah. Um, which was an interesting concept, but just, you know, fundamentally flawed in that if you're going to do download only, you need to give just mountains of space. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. I had a lot's been made about like the, the hard drive capabilities at the minute because, you know, both consoles have just come out with like a one terabyte version, but it's still not really that much. You can. When you're looking at the the size of installs, it's still only going to be like 20 games. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're exactly right. If that, if that, between 15 and 20, and the size of games is only going to go up. 
Yeah, I think I think you're you're right. I think the dream is. Uh, I think right. You've got to think about it, right? Kids born in the last sort of ten years or whatever, so used to not having physical products. But when it comes to their their sort of marketing to them, they're not going to necessarily expect to have to go to a shop to buy anything. You know what I mean? They won't even know. Um, so that's you know they will know, but they won't be used to um, the same. You know, we grew up owning the physical games. They didn't. So they're not going to miss it like we do. Um, yeah. So I think it will be something that happens in the future. But I still think they have to cater for um, the people that do want the physical stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, so that's why I think there's going to be two versions of each of the next-gen consoles. Uh, one cloud the physic and then one not. The physical stuff market is just the bigger market. That's why. Yeah, yeah. That's why they have to cater for it because it's where the money is. Yeah, 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 definitely. But that's my prediction. So... Two consoles for the PS5 and two consoles for the Xbox Two or whatever they call it. <laughs> what are we thinking about price? I mean, uh, when the Xbox One was announced a couple of years ago, and I sat there, sat in front of my TV, um, watching that, I, my jaw hit the floor when he said, uh, "What was it like, four hundred ninety-nine dollars or something like that?" Always it was that. another sort of PlayStation Three moment. You know, yeah, they were like, yeah, it'll be five hundred ninety-nine dollars. It's like what? everyone in the room went, <gasps> same. Like, Do they still sell loads of them. <laughs> I think yeah, most new consoles are pretty expensive like that uh, to start with, and then within sort of six months they drop a hundred pounds straight away. Um, but that's the thing, man. They they market it so well that people are queuing up to buy these before they even you know before the doors even open. Never underestimate the power of early adoption, you know. Yeah. Uh, as the person in the UK who got the first Xbox One, oh, yeah, of you know, no, no, no big deal or anything. Yeah, that's but, right. Uh, Charlie was the first person in the world's first in the UK to own a PlayStation One. Uh, if Australia wasn't the country, I'd have been the the first in the world. Damn those Australians <laughs> <gonna> ruined it. <laughs> Damn that curse, curse you, Australia. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think we've got a bit off topic there. We were still talking about CES, and, and you were saying there's a, a resurgence of the Kodak Super 8 uh, camcorder, video recorder. I haven't seen yeah, this we myself. Just, um, we had a, a little chat about it just before yeah. we started, didn't we? But um, it's, a, it's basically a, a camera that Kodak have brought out um, to, with the target market of, like, young, upcoming independent filmmakers. Uh, and it's just... It's a new Super 8 camera. I think it's a real weird uh, thing to bring out. I mean, it's like we were talking about, obviously, the, the Sony um, record player earlier. But I guess this is even more niche. Yeah. Um, but it's already got a lot of support um, from, like, big-name filmmakers who kind of cut their chops on uh, the Super 8 format. It's got, like, Steven Spielberg, who started that. J.J. Abrams' first job was, like... Um, looking after uh, Super 8 film from Steven Spielberg. That's crazy. So he's he's really excited about the, the prospect of putting it in the hands of, you know, the younger guys. But, you know, as someone who's used the format, film is bloody expensive. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it really, digital took off in the way it did, because it's like, oh, I don't have to pay exorbitant amounts of money. Yeah. And Kodak, was, Kodak themselves were really slow to, to recognize that. Yeah. I'm just reading about it actually, and and it does say that um, uh, this this camera will actually use eight millimeter film, but you will get a digital version of your footage uh, when you process it. 
yeah, it's a it's a great idea in that respect because um, there's there's companies basically that you can go to uh, that will like digitize your film and that Oops. until now is basically been... <laughs> well that's the, I, mean... I, took, I, I took my last disposable camera to boots i got it on cd as well <laughs> definitely but with super 8 like that's not really something you can just pop down to your local chemists and say you know right. i want this developed and put on a, a cd for me so the, the thing for me is like you know i think this is a great idea a great idea because you know for a long time you know, a lot of my friends who are, you know, working in film and, you know, I've, I've shot some, some stuff myself. So, you know, it's, it's a really interesting concept, especially because like you say, you know, you can, you can digitize it yourself straight away, you know, which is half the hassle, you know, but the film is, the film is still expensive and you can't film over it. Um, you know, the, uh, so the sort of the key features of the super eight is you kind of get those sort of scratches and those little sort of blemishes here and there. Is that, that the kind of look that they're the talking color, about? Yeah. The, the color, the color is a lot more like rich. Yeah. Like a lot of people that don't like digital photography and digital uh, filmmaking, you know, it, they see it as like washed out basically. Right. Like the, the, the effect that you get when you're using film, you get a lot more like colors, a lot sort of more depth, right. uh, so yeah that's that's why it's exciting i think because it's going to open it up to a lot more people but you know the film is still going to cost money it's still going to be expensive yeah 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 definitely it's interesting i'd so, love to um, see one um according according to the 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 page i'm looking at at the moment a limited edition version will be uh, rolled out somewhere in sort of autumn 2016 price? for somewhere in the region of 400 to 750 dollars and a cheaper version uh will be released following year 2017 i think it's a good price for the camera but when you take into account that you're having to buy film as well yeah mm. you well, know if you run out well, of film, what, what, sort, what sort of money that's, that's, what sort of money expense. do you reckon the film will be well in i mean it's been expensive before um but i guess it really depends i mean you know if you buy in a little bit of time it's not it's definitely not something that's going to be marketed that people are just you know doing home films or you know it's definitely that independent film market they're trying to crack it open just getting the uh you know you know the, 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 that sort of student market or that emerging kind of filmmakers so i think, students, it, I think it's cool exactly yeah and i think it's going to be great because it's going to uh, allow them to sort of experiment with different formats you know i, I studied animation at uni and uh you know we got a chance to uh like use the super 8 and super 16 formats and it's just just a lot easier really but i mean it's an old format it was like first came out in like 1965 i think something like that you know the thing with kodak right when they were at their peak that was probably it back back then when they this thing was being used for movies their main sort of their main thing was chemicals right and i heard they actually made some chemicals for the nazis man for this company <laughs> i think it was kodak i'm not sure but anyway, the funny thing is, um, with Kodak, right, they they were a multi-multi-billion dollar company or whatever. And the same month that they went into administration or whatever, or went bankrupt or whatever, was the same month. Yeah, they, they um, went bankrupt in 2012, didn't they? Yeah, it was the same month that Instagram was sold for a billion. <laughs> you think about the, the difference. Yeah, it's the same, that's, that's it. It's uh, a yeah. camera, chemical camera, you know, like a old-fashioned camera and then this new app a bunch of guys just like a few guys come up with this thing and sold it the world's changing isn't it but uh, it's funny how these things keep uh, coming back 
Um, it'll be interesting to see if it it's, does. It's, it's like vinyl, you know. There'll always be like passionate fans of it, and I think it's uh, it's cool that you know you can open it up to allow you know the older, the younger generation to uh, to like use the the stuff that is so. You know, like like I say, already loads of filmmakers are coming out and talking about how great it is that, and how excited they are that the uh, the younger guys are going to get to use Super 8 and see what they can do with it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future with that. Um, the other on, on the same sort of uh, camera news, um, there is some new Sony cameras, uh, some more 4K ones. They've added new lenses on them and stuff like that. But also there's a, there's a new Panasonic camera. I don't know if you guys are familiar with... Um, Sony's, uh, Sony basically are dominating the compact camera market and they've got the RX100, which is something I really want. I really want an RX100, uh, but they're around sort of 800 quid over here. Uh, but Panasonic just released, basically it looks almost identical to the, to the Sony one, but it's a good few hundred pounds cheaper. Um, I did a video on that, so if you guys want to check that out, head over to What Gear. Uh, it's one word on YouTube, check that out. Um, so there's a few new camera things, nothing revolutionary really, um, just little upgrades here and there uh, in the camera world. Uh, so yeah, that's that. Um, you guys were talking about Casio, right? Casio, I, when I think of Casio, I think of that watch with the calculator. <laughs> yeah, back to the future watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what are they doing now then? Uh, I don't, I've not really looked at it in detail. Um, I do know that they've uh, just launched their first um, Android smartwatch. So Android Wear. Android Wear, exactly. Yeah. I know Sony have been doing that. You know, did you know that Sony actually trademarked the name um, smartwatch? They actually own that name. Right. Yeah, you, you, I remember you told me that before, and uh, I, I think it's. It's strange to think almost, but I guess, you know, someone has to own the patent for it, but they're all kind of referred to as smartwatches. Yeah. So, yeah. so they were clever getting in there with that name first, but I have to yeah. say, um, their smartwatch is kind of left in the, in the shadow of the uh, Apple watch, the iWatch, Apple watch. Um, that kind of seems to be when people think of a smartwatch, that's the, that's what they think of really, isn't it? Yeah, whilst whilst I agree with that, um, there's loads of stuff coming out of Apple that they're really not happy with sales. I guess they were hoping that it would take off in a much bigger way than it actually has done. Yeah. Well, I think what they've basically done is they've released a product which is only for people that own iPhones. So you're already you're di you're dismissing half of your your reach by doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I really like, I, I tell you what, if someone said to me, here's an iWatch or a Samsung watch, and I had the choice, and I knew that I could use either one, I would go with the iWatch. But because it won't work for my phone, that eliminates um, me. Well, I'd still want it, but I would go for the other one just because I'd have to buy a new phone to use it. <laughs> I think, like, uh, something that's interesting as well is, uh, like, the name is, is just Apple Watch. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, I think it's, you know, why not? You kept calling it the iWatch. Why not just call it the iWatch? Yeah, we mentioned this before. I think the, um, probably someone bought the name way in advance and is just holding it to ransom. Possibly, like, yeah, possibly. We're not going to, uh, we're not going to give in and pay them the money. 
which is that's actually a funny story right down the road here i used to live down the road uh, here right? and there was one dude who um he bought the name blu-ray way before blu-rays uh, sony released the blu-ray name he i think he had bought a domain and he, he registered the company name or something like that sony gave him a load of money man <laughs> to buy it off him wow uh, I, I remember he, someone told me this and i was like no way it's just some random dude um basically ransomed this uh the dog doing it what are you doing dog sorry <laughs> destroying something oh she's got a toy thing there actually um <laughs> cookie she's got it here can you see it <laughs> <laughs> cookie monster uh, thing, yeah. yeah on that vein someone did someone did the same thing uh many moons ago with um uh 20th century fox they bought 21st um, century they 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 registered the 21st century fox yeah <laughs> And uh, rang him up one day and said, uh, sort of near the millennium, and said, "So, uh, what are you going to call yourself next year?" <laughs> and he went, "Well, 21st Century Fox." And he went, "I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Not on my watch." <laughs> it's funny that um, Sony haven't uh, been uh, using that card, pulling that card a bit more on people with smartwatch. Um, I did a little, I, I mean, the smartwatch, there's meant to be a Sony smartwatch 4 being announced, and they might announce it uh, in the next couple of days, who knows, but I did a little sort of preview, and there were some specs and stuff leaked on what, what it might have, um, so it's, it's interesting, because I think this one will have its own 4G LTE, which basically means um, maybe it could work as a standalone phone. Um, which will be interesting because we were actually talking about this the other day, when, uh, last week on the podcast. Uh, we right. were talking about for the um, the new Apple Watch, perhaps. Yeah. Apple Watch Two. Yeah. So the idea of um, maybe even eliminating the need for a phone because you can have it on your watch. Um, if you're one of these people that don't really care about browsing the web and picking up emails and all this business on your on your phone, um, you could just have it on your watch. <laughs> Um, which isn't something I would I have do. been online. Uh, I've been online this week, um, looking at various watches and stuff like that, actually. And there are a few, um, should we call them knockoff clones of the uh, of the more mainstream ones. And some, a couple of those do have uh, sim trays. Uh, oh, do they L really? LTE. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm not buying one though. They just look too bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, so so the tech is there, so they could they could do it if they wanted to. I, I was uh, before the uh, Apple Watch got released. I was in uh, some shop. I forget what it was. It was some random shop, and the lady behind the till had. Do you know what she had? I, I was like, "Wow, is that the? I've never seen it. I heard the iWatch was coming, and she had this watch on. I was like, "Wow, is that the iWatch? Do you know what it was? It was a bloody iPod Nano, and she'd fitted a uh, a wrist strap to it. <laughs> you know, the little square one with the touchscreen." She goes, everyone, everyone keeps complimenting me on my watch. She literally just attached a wrist strap to a, an iPod Nano. Um, which I thought was quite clever, really. Um, but anyway, we've gone off topic here again. Um, so the big news, this is, this is probably one of the biggest uh, news from the CES so far. Uh, the Oculus Rift. Um, now, we've had a few encounters with the Oculus Rift. Uh, at a few games at the Gamescom and the EGX, and we were even at the um, VR and the bar, and EGX Res last year as well, which is um, the UK's indie gaming sort of festival, sort of gathering type thing, Tobacco Docks. We've done videos on pretty much all of those, 
So if you want to go back and check those out, um, I think there's a there's a playlist called um, VR Rock Gear on on YouTube. You can check out all those videos where we've uh, crossed paths uh, with uh, with VR content and stuff like that. Um, and actually, on that subject, I've got a Merge VR headset here, still in the box. I've got to do an unboxing video and a review of that very soon. But anyway, big news. Uh, finally, Oculus gets a price uh, and, and a release date. Dave? Uh, yes. Um, the, the, first, the first batch of units will ship March 28th this year. Right. Uh, Price-wise, oh, it's a bit of a sting, it's sting in its tail, I think. Um, you're looking around the $599 uh, mark uh, stateside, $499 uh, in the UK. Um, Charlie was telling us that it's like 20 quid more in euros just for the privilege of getting it in Europe. And um, those prices also don't include shipping, so plus shipping as well. I know tight, how stingy is that? And I, if you're yeah. uh, if you're in a, a continent that Charlie hates, uh, it's six hundred forty nine dollars Australian. Uh, <laughs> is that cheaper than English? Then I've no idea. I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's more. I think the Australian dollar's better than the pound. I think. Yeah, they do. I heard they pay a lot for electronics over there. So the basically the further the further east you go, the more expensive it costs. It's, it's going to cost by all accounts. Yeah, I mean when you when you consider that you know if you convert US dollars into pounds, uh, we're paying like eighty or ninety quid more. Yeah. So the markup for the rest of the the world is pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean a lot of people straight away came out because the I think the main controversy with this pricing structure is that you know the whole this this was obviously a project that was kickstarted it was kickstarted four years ago now and for four years people have obviously been saying you know right so how much is it going to cost when it's out and whilst you know i appreciate that figures change you know that they're going to look for the the best uh kind of manufacturing the, the best quality but also the best cost you know, they've been throwing around, uh, you know, and I'm quoting what they're saying here, a ballpark figure um, of like $350. So mm. I think, you know, was that a launch? They when said? they announced uh, this, this is over the last four years, they've been saying uh, you know, the, the founder guy said that, right, didn't he? Palmer Lucky. Yeah, Palmer yeah. Lucky, his name is um, he's he's the, one of the co-founders of the company. And uh, so, I mean, Five hundred ninety-nine dollars is not in the ballpark of three hundred and fifty dollars, is it? Yeah. Well, you you know they they're probably looking at you know PlayStation and Microsoft and seeing how they do it. I mean, look at their prices when think... they launch. You know, four fifty, five hundred quid. You leave it a few months and then it drops to like three fifty. Well, would you pay five hundred quid for a controller? I mean, what like when those steering wheels came out for the consoles? Yeah. Unless you unless well, you've it's not got really like a money controller. to money to burn. It, it kind of. Let's say you live in a small flat, you've got a well, small okay, TV. Well, okay, an accessory. Yeah. That's what it is. It's, well, it's an accessory, isn't it? It's got more potential. So would you pay 500 quid for an accessory? I mean, the thing is, it, it can give someone the perception of having more space than they have. Let's say, you know, uh, you live in a tiny flat, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, man, I hate this place. My TV's tiny. You could just put this Oculus Rift on, and you can be in a virtual living room it looks massive <laughs> i think it's i think it's interesting that you brought that point up because um 
you know, back in the day, obviously, it was a kickstarted project. They were an independent company. But then Facebook came along and bought the company. And there was a lot of hope for, like, right, well, it's going to be cheaper because they're going to be able to access, you know, better business relationships, better manufacturing, lower costs, um, while still maintaining, like, a really high quality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that they might, they might not have been able to achieve alone. But Mark Zuckerberg was saying how... For him, it wasn't really about games. It wasn't really that wasn't really where the the future of it lay. Yeah. He said, you know, he he quoted some some crazy stuff about you know, uh, you want to see a doctor, um, in person, and you can use like a VR headset, and a doctor could be at the other end, you know, yeah. like looking at you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, uh, I think he said he used the example of like being at a tennis match as well, yeah. like, but you know, in VR. Yeah, yeah. So. And it has wider ranging implications, and there's no doubt of that. And I think it's interesting also that you brought up, you know, Microsoft with, uh, you know, uh, the with the Hololens, um, Hololens, yeah, yeah. and PlayStation with their, you know, is is PlayStation VR now. But um, I think they're they're set they're different really uh, in that, you know, whilst we've seen very little of Hololens, it has been focused on games and PlayStation VR. You know, it's it's branded PlayStation. It's it's very games focused. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, other VR headsets as well competing in the PC space. Yeah, yeah. Um, it will be interesting. Palmer Lucky, Palmer Lucky tweeted because uh, he did a, an AMA uh, as kind of the pre-orders went live, and obviously he's getting a lot of people saying, you know, this is expensive. Uh, and he tweeted, you know, we're not making money on it. It's literally. You know, it represents a good price for high-end VR. And I don't think there's any real, really dispute in that. But, you know, the fact is that you've been banding around for four years, a ballpark figure of $350, and it's nearly twice that. Yeah, mm. yeah. So you think that's going to, the people that have been really following it, do you think they've been a bit uh, hurt by the fact <laughs> it's come out at that price? <laughs> I think that... Um, I mean, the pictures coming out of CES uh, are, sh are showing that they've still got a massive following. Yeah. There's still queues, you know, for miles to use Oculus. You know, like you said, you know, we've had a few run-ins with the Oculus ourselves, and I've had the pleasure of using, you know, all the dev kits. I haven't yet used one of the, the retail kits, obviously. Uh, we're trying to get hold of one of them, obviously, so we can make some content, obviously, for everybody. Yeah. To uh to assess it, but I think you know, has it affected it? I think it has, honestly. Everyone was saying yeah. that this year was the year of VR. Yeah. And I think when you're pricing it at that, uh we had a me and Dave had a quick chat before we started recording about the, the minimum specs as well, didn't we, Dave? Yeah, yeah. um just uh yeah, we I'll, I'll let you talk about the minimum specs, but I'm just reading that um you can with with your pre-order, you can bundle on a PC, um, which starts at one thousand four hundred and ninety-nine dollars. So, so wait a minute, you you, and you buy the accessory and you bundle the PC on. <laughs> you, exactly. you can you can do if you don't currently own a PC that can run. That's the dog sneezing. So you can bundle in a PC that out of the box will be able to run it. Because um, you know we looked at the the minimum specs earlier, yeah. and you know it's not really. I mean, a lot of people. Will, that I know personally were like, right, you know, I've got to invest in a better graphics card, I've yeah. got to get a better processor. You know, they're, they're looking at these things. And I, I do think the, the minimum specs, they're not that bad. 
Um, right. If you look at the other VR headsets on the market, they're similar sort of minimum specs as well. And obviously they, they'll want a good benchmark because, yeah. you know, they'll want it to be good yeah, ultimately. The, like the product it, itself. There's certain things, yeah. And there's certain things with VR that have to be better. Like, you know, refresh rates have to be good. You know, the, the quality of the images have to be good. The quality of the screen has to be good. The you know the uh, the field of view has to be good, or you get all sorts of like motion sickness problems yeah. um, that have plagued VR in the past. That yeah. you know we're just on the cusp of, and I guess beating that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then obviously it's coming, and a lot of people have been priced out of it. I guess which I think is a shame. You know when you launch a product like this, which is dependent on the PC's performance, if you have a yeah. rubbish PC and you buy the the Oculus for six hundred quid or whatever. You'd be really annoyed if it's rubbish, right? So I guess of course, that's it. I guess that, that is important. But do you know, I've never heard of an accessory being released with a bundled on, uh, with the console or the machine bundled on. That's insane. So here, you want to buy an Oculus? How about you buy a? Why not buy a PC at the same time? It's usually the other way around, well, isn't it? Like you buy, yeah, buy the it. machine, and I'll... you buy the buy the add-on. <laughs> what I also think is weird is. Um that they're bundling them with an xbox one controller right uh and, and you know we had a like i say we had a, a very brief chat before we started recording and uh we were talking about the the oculus motion controller which uh at the minute they're saying uh, will be available kind of the latter half of 2016 yeah so we're looking at sort of a summer autumn release date uh window for that and it looks really interesting especially like how they've interpreted that kind of motion control yeah. there's a lot of videos of people like you know in a virtual reality space like bending over and picking things up and and stuff like that which basically can't really be done as fluidly and as naturally as um like with other ones say like the move or the wii controller the wiimote yeah all right yeah, what's, but yeah. where's Vive in all this? Where's HTC? Like, I mean, they surely, if they've seen what Oculus said, you know, every, all, it's all, it's all this news is revolving around Oculus and PlayStation. Um, where's HTC? This this is it, I think. Um, you know, they're, they're at CES, I believe. but They are. They they just, they've, uh, they've just released their latest dev kit. I think it's got a front-facing camera in it as well. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the the front-facing camera, which is interesting. I think it's uh it's, it's something that can definitely like give it something extra, maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the whole the whole thing of moving around, isn't it? So sort of like the when I when I demoed the um the Vive in uh, Gamescom, it was uh it just it stood apart sort of from a VR perspective to actually move around and uh, physically move around with the with the camera on your head. Um, but that was one thing that did kind of freak me out a little bit was uh sort of like the, the the blindfolded aspect although you're trying to maintain sort of immersion in the game you are sort of always conscious that you might sort of walk face plant into the wall or whatever that, well this is the thing for me, for me um <laughs> the the most practical application of it would be like you know uh on on what gear we've gone to all sorts of experiences you know we've been uh airsoft and all this yeah. that for me would be the kind of experience day aspect of it and it would be a thing where you know you could go down somewhere pay a fee and then put on a vr headset and walk around like a warehouse 
um that would be set up for you to go on like some sort of adventure oh you mean uh, like, so like that... an imagine imagine a whole building sort of where you could walk around yeah, that's, safely that's it yeah that would be insane yeah, wouldn't it? <laughs> it it would it would be set up for that and that for me is uh, a, a real good practical application of this that maybe wouldn't be possible with the the other vr headsets that are out there in the yeah, minute yeah so that for me is what I think they're positioning for. You know, I because there's already been like um, some people who've tried to crack that market on a very small scale. Yeah. Uh, and it and it hasn't really worked. Um, but I think you know with that there's a possibility. The the minimum specs, interesting enough, on a PC for the Vive are the same. Right. right. Uh, as the Oculus. So. Mm. Okay. It so, really depends. Uh, I think because they they're a little bit behind they. They have the advantage of kind of letting the Oculus test the water a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think so. So for those that actually want to, you know, consider, we're talking about minimum specs, but we've not actually said what the minimum specs are. According to what I'm reading, you will need NVIDIA GTX 970 or AMD R9 290 equivalent or greater. Uh, the processor has to be Intel i5 4590 equivalent or greater. Memory, 8 gigs plus of RAM. Uh, and the output has to be HDMI 1.3 video output uh, with three uh, 3.0 USBs plus a 2.0 USB and Windows 7 or higher. Right. So there you go. So, uh, bundle a yeah. PC on them. <laughs> Most people will need to bundle the PC. On. <laughs> I think I think one of the the kind of the things that we were talking about as well was um, the the inclusion of like three. USB 3.0. Does it use all of those? Yeah. Is that, is that what it needs? Mm, That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. My, um, I mean, my PC, I've got two uh, USB 3.0 ports, and I just thought, yeah, that's cool, you know. Yeah. I've got two. I can make use of those, but it's like, nope, need more. Bloody hell. What if you can just buy a, uh, an adapter from China, one pound on eBay, and <laughs> possibly that. use that? Possibly. Um, yeah, so, I mean, What's your thoughts right now? Out of the three, these are the three for me anyway. Well, four, there's four. So let's say the HoloLens, right, which allows you to look outside of the box, which when you were talking about moving around in a warehouse and having this experience, surely that would be the better way to do it because you can actually see where you're walking, which is which is cool. But then if you want that whole immersive feeling, like let's say you're in that, war, um, you're in that uh, warehouse, you've got the uh, Vive or the Oculus on, you could literally be playing a game of aliens. You know, there could be aliens <laughs> in this, the. This is this is this was really what I was how I was going to respond to that was like Hololens for me because Hololens is augmented reality. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not a VR, but it's not a VR thing, and I think it's clever that they've positioned it in that way. Yeah. But, like, what 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 I was saying could be a possible application for it. You would have to have props and things yeah. because you would be walking around looking. Yeah. So you'd have to have like, you know, we've talked about, uh, you know, airsoft. Uh, I've been to a few escape rooms yeah. as well that, uh, you know, we looked at filming uh, for the channel, but you know, a lot of places they don't like it being filmed because obviously you're finding out the answers and it makes it yeah. a lot less uh, <laughs> less funny. But those those kind of experiences you would have to have props and stuff so you'd have to have a building that was kitted out to look like right. yeah, an alien the... space station or something whereas with a fully you know vr headset like the vive yeah 
it could literally just be an empty warehouse yeah, and then you could be moving around it as if you're on a space station an crazy. alien world or flying in the air or you know yeah. there's there's a lot of different applications i think so so with the um with the uh with the uh the microsoft um what's it called again there was a demo uh, where they scanned a room and things were coming out of the living room wall and mm. that sort of thing saying that the demo i saw was very very um poor, it's a way off yet isn't it so let's, it's let's way way let's do this way off. Right? so we've got um, the uh hololens on, hang on. the uh, hang on the the thing with the hololens is um it's completely wireless it, it runs um uh, it's own operating system yeah, and everything yeah. like silicon-based technology, um, which is really good. Uh, the Vive, as far as I'm aware, still has to have the cable coming out of it, so I think there's going to be limits. Unless you've got some guy wheeling around a PC behind you, <laughs> I think there's going to be some limits. Um, maybe you could strap it to your back the, like a Ghostbusters backpack or something. <laughs> maybe you could do that. that. That would be a really cool idea, actually. I think you've solved. I think you've you've, you've broken the, the problem right there. That Shrey. should be the first game, um, Ghostbusters. <laughs> Um, and uh, well, the Oculus is just a standstill thing. Is it? It's sort of uh, yeah. Um, I think Elbow Four. It's got for me. It's got to be PlayStation. I would probably, although I'm a diehard Xbox fan, I would probably go out and buy a PlayStation. Just do you know based why? on the based on the pricing of the Oculus, go out and buy a PlayStation Four. Get the you know the, all the governments to go with it. Yeah. The, the, there's an estimate floating around that the uh, PlayStation VR is going to come in at around about three hundred fifty dollars, three hundred quid. Or for uh, a Australian, so it's a much more affordable. You know, you're looking at about five, six hundred quid all in probably. So I think it's a it's a great solution for people like us that are looking to almost solely game on it. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know. I think I think I think with a very little work there, you got the, you you know, oh yes, you probably you know you've got the those weird, quite lame in my opinion, move controllers, but. Um, <laughs> Loves them. I've got. I've uh, I've got. I've actually got it. I used it once, and it's been in a drawer. And I, now I don't even know where it but is. But then, what I was going to say was, though, I mean, with, the Oculus is, is shipping with these uh, with an Xbox controller. You, you know, there's no reason you can't use a PlayStation controller in the same setup. You know, you can watch your films. You can move around in the same sort of way. That sort of thing. So for me, although I don't really want to go out and buy another console, I'd buy a PlayStation Four just to just to do the whole VR thing. I think. Yeah, so I mean, this is what it comes down to, right? So you've got these are the four, right? So you've got Holo Hololens, where you kind of it's augmented. Then you've got um, the Oculus, where you're inside of the box and and really you're you're tethered to a PC. Then you've got the um, the Vive, which are inside the box, you're tethered to the PC, but they are somehow going to make it so you can walk around. So that either means really long cables or, like I suggested, Ghostbusters backpack. <laughs> which i think is a I, I i just came up with that man it's a genius idea ghostbusters right um or you know the consumer friendly and um, people most people already have the equipment to run it the playstation vr so those are the four dave which one would you go for out of those four you've already said as i said playstation vr charlie yeah i think playstation vr for me because I, I want a game on it yeah i don't really have any interest in watching tennis or yeah i think for me as well just the convenience of not having to be too tech savvy or you know be a pc gamer um, and just literally set it up probably one time on the on the ps4 and not have to do anything else other than that <laughs> chuck the game in put the headset on and play it 
that convenience. That's it. It's 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 no no fuss. Yeah, I it's think. just it's, I think it's great. Yeah, there there was a I read an article um, today that was saying that the uh, PlayStation VR is set to sell three times more than the Oculus, and based on the fact the price point even, um, I can see that I can see that. Uh oh. I think um, you know for me. I mean, what what are the sort some of the sort of games that you guys want to play on in VR? Because for me, like I've played uh, a very short Elite Dangerous demo and I loved it. I thought it was great um, for that sort of like when you're in those high octane moments where you're in a you're caught in a dogfight. Uh, it makes it becomes a lot more natural and fluid. Like you can just sort of steal a glance over your shoulder behind you and be like, oh, there's a guy behind me. Whereas if you are playing it on a TV. You've got to hold a button, then move the mouse, and you lose the ability. Oh, shit. Ah, no. Something's happened here. Sorry, guys. I, yeah. I, I pushed the, the bloody Skype went weird for a second there, man. Charlie's not here. Ah, shit. <laughs> hold on. He was in mid uh, mid sentence as well. It cut off. We need to we need to wrap this up as well soon. It's like an hour and twenty. All right, we'll an just um, let me add him. We'll, we'll my, just... my kids are going to be home soon as well. <laughs> All right, man. It's going to be carnage in a minute. All right, we'll, we'll get we'll get close to wrap. So last couple of things that PlayStation vs Oculus was the big conversation, and then we'll just keep, we'll round it off with some Star Wars and then what we're thinking of uh, games we're looking forward to. And that's it. Yeah, Charlie. Yeah, sounds good. Charlie, how's it going? Yeah, sorry, man. Bloody um, Xbox kind of booted me out of the. Uh, the That's all right, no worries. I think you were saying what? What was he saying, Dave? About was I, was just, I was just saying what sort of games? Yeah. Do you guys want to want to play VR on basically? So I think uh, for me, I like shooting games, man. Uh, shooters are my favourite right now. But I have to say, if they can kind of get. Um, I don't know, like an uncharted, really cinematic type uh, game going. Um, that's my cup of tea there, man. Um, a, mate, a mate of mine said that uh, he'd like to play something like Mirror's Edge. Yeah, that? that was quite... I don't know, that game for me, I never really got into it, man. You know those sort of like Portal mm. and all those kind of things that people love? I never really, it never really clicked with me, those kind of games. But I could see that one, uh, free running, being a, being a really good VR experience. Definitely, it gives, a, it, it gives a lot of uh, opportunity for like these big cinematic kind of sweeping landscapes as well. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, don't cut you off there, mate. No, that's all right. The um, I mean, when I did the the Vive demo in um, Gamescom, the 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 kind of game, the kind of demos they gave you there were most of them were just um, just made for VR. You know, there was like um, like a, a a deep you you were stood on a on a the Shipwreck, yeah, shipwreck underwater, and it was a great big blue whale going by. I mean, I don't know from a game aspect what they would give you, but um, things like I don't know RTSs and stuff like that, where you could actually sort of walk around a tabletop and um, or even move around with it with your control pad. Obviously, we're talking PlayStation VR, but um, that kind of that yeah, Minecraft and and what tabletop it? games and. Um, what? All that kind of thing would be okay, point and click adventures. I think would be great. What about this? Uh, How cool would this be? Star Monkey Wars, Monkey Islands VR, right? Star Wars. You're on the Millennium Falcon, playing 
hologram chess <laughs> on the chessboard. There's little <laughs> monsters. <laughs> that would be cool. That'd be quite Listen, cool. I just want to segue into this real quick, right? Charlie, you seen Star Wars? Yeah. What did you think? I loved it. I thought it was great. Dave, yeah. we we discussed this last week. Well, I mean, one of the things for me was the fact that Kylo Ren went from being super evil to like just angry teenager real quick, uh, which yeah. which was annoying for me. What were what were your thoughts uh, and sort of uh, what did you like and what didn't you like about the movie? I thought it was great. Um, I, I think you know I don't want to go on for too long about it because um, most of my gripes are really small things. Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely get what you're saying about Kylo Ren there, but I think they what they're trying to show is that um, he is a younger yeah. kind of character than we're used to seeing. Like, um, the the biggest scratch for me was like, uh, I mean, are we doing spoilers here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did spoilers last cool. week. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So that, that's fine then. So when Han dies, um, they cut to Chewie. We didn't tell him that. <laughs> yeah, we didn't tell oh, him that. Oh, man, you've done it now. Um, Make sure this goes out in Australia just to get you know. It doesn't matter. Um, so when when Han dies, the camera cuts to Chewie, and I'm like, oh my god, Chewie is gonna go mad yeah. at this, like, you know, because Wookies they're a warrior race. We're constantly, um, we're constantly told, you know, like, oh, you know, they're so strong. And earlier in the um, in the film, we see him, you know, like Finn's trying to sort of patch him up after he's kind of been shot in the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, he's nearly killed me like three times, you know. Yeah. So we see Hand Eye, and I was just like, fucking hell. Like, this this could be where Chewie basically goes out. Yeah. Like, he goes out in a blaze of glory. Yeah. Just like fucking, you know, Davy Crockett style, just surrounded by Stormtrooper bodies, just pulling arms off and fucking smashing them to death yeah <laughs> uh, he doesn't really do and, that and, yeah. and, and he goes out in a blaze of glory and i was just like that for me you know whilst i don't want to see chewie go out in that way i think that would be a right the right way yeah 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 i guess they and want instead, to keep him around for familiarity this is it in- instead I-, I mean i think there was even a way of doing it where you know you get that kind of warrior um, that warrior and uh, the strength and the aggressiveness out of him, but yeah. instead he just kind of goes <laughs> like runs off that corridor and presses a button. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, for me, like if that was me and that you know that was my best friend for the last you know forty years or whatever, I'd I'd go fucking mad. There'd be jump jumped on one of those detonators, uh, one of those bombs, and uh, fuck you all. <laughs> this is it. I mean, I'd, for for me, I. I, I kind of I wanted Chewie to react more I think in that scenario yeah um, a lot's been made as well because like when Disney bought Star Wars um, they basically said right everything that you that we were told before was canon is now not canon so all the books all the comics all the games everything it's not canon anymore um and a lot of people kind of reacted angrily. A lot of people said, well, they want to put their own spin on it. The books kind of take on like a wider universe and they want to do their own thing. Um, but I feel like when I went to see it, I found out why they said that everything wasn't canon anymore. And it's because they wanted to take ideas from these books and use them in films. Right. So Starkiller Base is in the books. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So And it's described exactly the same. Um you know, a big ice planet that can destroy whole solar systems. 
And I think it's a, a great kind of one-up from the Death Star. Yeah. But at Starkiller Base, it's a planet, right? It can't move. Yeah. So, you know, humor me for a second. Um, you're you're the the um, the resistance. Why not just evacuate the planet? Let them blow up. You know, the the planet that they thought was your base. They've got no more suns to use as energy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can't fire it anymore. Just send a massive fucking armada to just like sit outside, and when they come out, just kill them. Yeah. <laughs> you won. Yeah, yeah. I that's true. It's true. I didn't think about that actually. Yeah, yeah. But for me, that was for me that was one of the biggest annoyances. Um, I've not read the books myself, but um, like the the I wouldn't have minded so much if they didn't um, reference the old Death Star. You know, I mean, it so was it's yeah. just like oh, we got we, you know they had this. Now they've got this. So it's just a bit. <laughs> Gotta be a way to blow just, it up. A couple of up. A couple of other quick points for me that, um, you know, they're talking about, uh, I mean, this is, like I say, they're, they're kind of minor gripes, but, so, they're talking about bombing uh, a very specific part, a weak point, um, <laughs> and, you know, anyone that's seen Star Wars, you'll, you'll be familiar with X-Wings, obviously, which is the Rebellion yeah, fighter class yeah, yeah. ship, but they also have bombers. Yeah, that's right. There aren't, they they decide right we're going to bomb this thing and it's like okay what are you going to bomb it with fighters <laughs> X-wings <laughs> what <laughs> yeah going to line up for the Dude. bombing run <laughs> some other people have said as well about because uh, I, I when I left I was like where are all the capital ships where are all the big fucking resistance ships and they went oh well uh, you know the the New Republic was wiped out well no five planets were destroyed does that mean that every single capital ship happened to be landed on that planet at that time <laughs> yeah. i'm sorry but it's it's silly like they never say it on screen maybe there's just like no time or whatever i don't know yeah but um yeah that for me like i wanted like to see like, that scene as well where they're going into attack i felt like it was primed for a bit of nostalgia where you just you know uh, Red Five, you know, they sound off like like they did in the originals, and I think that would have been a nice little, uh, you know, bit because there wasn't really a lot of like focus on the fighter pilots or anything. We get uh, a little bit of Poe, and Poe and Finn have a great relationship, and I think everyone that I went to see it with went to leave, and as they were leaving, they were like, "I wanted to see more of the bromance between <laughs> Poe and Finn. I wanted more, they, you know." To the point where we're now calling Rogue One Brogue One. We just want, we just want some bro time for, for um, Poe and uh... You know, one of the things that was missing from this for me, right, was Luke Skywalker had the help of the dead Obi Wan, right? And, and Yoda, yeah. and, and like, there was no apparitions helping um, Ray right. at all. And like, you know, the one bit, this is the one scene, right? And it really reminded me of Austin Powers when she's she's it, she's captive in this thing, in it, and Kylo Ren, whatever. And he, yeah, he, uh, he leaves the room, and she's there with the stormtrooper, and she asks him three times. <laughs> the third time, he's like, "You're gonna, he's like, you're gonna let me go." <laughs> you know that stormtrooper played by Daniel Craig. <laughs> that stormtrooper was Daniel Craig. Yeah, that stormtrooper was played by Daniel Craig. No way, no way. Yeah, man. No that's way. two films I've worked with uh, uh, with Daniel Craig on. Then <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, saying about Ray, um, 
I guess I'll, I'll kind of this will be the last thing that I say about um, Star Wars because a lot of people have have talked about uh, you know the the problems they have like you said about Ray just sort of naturally yeah. having force powers yeah with no and training I, I don't want to be someone who points to the prequel trilogy for like proof of anything I guess yeah but um, the reason that Anakin in Episode One uh, is brought to the attention of Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi is because he has incredibly fast reflexes yeah. as a young child, yeah, and yeah. They, that shows possibly a little bit of thing. And that's why I mean I'm not going to talk about Medichlorians because that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> but um, I was just about to talk about. But yeah. you know they 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 say like. They say like pod racing, basically, like humans can't do it because their reactions aren't Too quick slow. enough. Yeah. But his are as a young child, so there's a little bit of precedence, I think, for like natural force. Do you know, like, like, like being aware of yeah, it. Yeah, they kind of, they kind of touched on that with the with the whole um, when they were um, uh, Finn and uh, the girl were on the the Falcon shooting 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 on the Falcon. Yeah. Um, but it was it was more it was more the fact that all the all you know like. You will come and let me out of this torture chair. <laughs> and all, and all I think, like, yeah, like Luke Skywalker had to go go to some stinky ass swamp. Yeah. Yoda strapped to his back, yeah. run around. Yeah. And and Yoda's like, Yoda's like, no, too old, too old for the training, isn't he? Like, I think, um, I, I think you know, a lot of a lot's been said about who Ray is, and uh, Disney massively dropped the ball. I don't know if you guys know. No, no, if, what is it? Seen it all. Um, so. I mean, it, I'll, I'll end on this. I think this is a nice uh, way to to round it off. But basically, you know, uh, Disney Infinity. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously, Disney have been buying up massive franchises, and it would make sense that they would want to fold that into their Disney Infinity universe. So they've got a lot of Marvel characters, and now they're putting Star Wars. Um, and they've just brought out the new. Um, Star Wars, you know, Force Awakens stuff, and they put online a trailer uh, for gameplay, and it was a 20-minute long gameplay demo, um, and it ends with Rey uh, about to attack Kylo Ren. Right. And Kylo Ren says a line of dialogue, which basically completely ruins the surprise <laughs> of who Rey is. Right. So who is she then? Okay. Luke Skywalker. He says, he says, fight me, cousin. So, yes, Luke Skywalker's kid, right? Gotta be. Right. So, people kicked off on the internet by saying, like, fuck, this is totally ruined that surprise. Disney were like, uh, and pulled the video. <laughs> Yeah. So I feel like they majorly dropped the ball on that. I don't really feel yeah, like. It's... It kind of explains the whole sort of. Because uh, Luke Skywalker is supposed to be buggered off after uh, after his new training academy got um, got squashed by Kylo Ren and all that. So yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. You know, the, this is the last thing I'm going to say on Star Wars and we'll move on to uh, the last little bit and then we're going to wrap this up. Um, the end scene, right? Where she ends up on this little island and, and um, Luke Skywalker's there. That, to me, just looks too Earth-like, man. There's <laughs> too much. There's real birds. <laughs> There's no aliens. It looks like he could be, that could be bloody island or something new zealand yeah new zealand or something it looks too earth-like man they should have made the it lost island more sci-fi more star wars man there should have been something going on there it, yeah, just an extra sun or something in the sky yeah anything Two anything suns. that makes it not look like uh cornwall <laughs> <You know what> <laughs> <mean>? <laughs> 
I think like uh, I didn't really like how that final scene was shot. No. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. There's uh, like I say, I've got a lot of small gripes. I haven't really gone into all of them because no. we'd be here all day otherwise. And I think we've just been like, ripping just... into it for about 15 minutes, man. But I have to say, it's a good film. If you haven't seen it, you probably don't need to now because we've told you everything that happens <laughs> after the next episode as well. <laughs> but Why it's good. Why not send us good. the money for your cinema ticket? <laughs> But anyway, listen, the last the last topic I want to talk about before we, before we uh, shoot off, games for next year. Um, what are you excited for? Uh, what do you think the biggest games are going to be? Um, for me, the one I'm really, really looking forward to is Uncharted, definitely. Um, what about you guys? Uh, for me, I'm just getting my list up, actually. There's a few because, uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm on Xbox, not on uh, PlayStation. Um, when my list loads. Um, so there's Gears of War four. Really looking forward to that. Oh, yeah, the last um, one was a bit of a um, bit of a letdown. Yeah, I didn't play the last one. Yeah, a lot of people didn't. They bloody switched no. studios, didn't they? Yeah, I didn't play. Uh, it. So I am I am looking forward to Gears of War four. Giving that a go. Um, Crackdown three. I really enjoyed the last two. I do like I do like the Crackdown series. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm really looking forward. To, really interested to see what this recall game is going to be like. Um, I was looking forward to Scalebound, but that's uh, been pushed back a year. So we'll see if that um, see what that that's like when it emerges in, uh, in about a year from now or year and a half from now. Uh, uh, yeah. So for me, I guess um, you already said Uncharted, Troy. I'm yeah. really looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, I think that's No Man's Sky. For me yeah like i've heard a lot about I'm that really game. really looking really really looking forward to that um i think it's it's got a lot of potential i already mentioned obviously that you know I'm, I've, I've been playing elite dangerous and i enjoy those sorts of games um but i think the scale for no man's sky and the fact it is procedurally generated and you can go you know right down onto planets uh that it would be procedurally generated it would have unique fauna and flora you know it's, it, it uh, for me i think it's it's a very impressive looking game and i hope that you know it lives up to all the hype and the fact that it's being made by like a 10-man team yeah i think it's wow. incredible like absolutely incredible so yeah that that and uncharted for me are probably my, my most looking the games that i'm looking forward to the most uncharted obviously it's the last one um, oh, is it really have they said that they're saying it's the end of the the Nathan Drake saga, so okay. you know it's it's called a thief's end. Yeah, uh, they've got a bit of a history of sort of teasing stuff that isn't really you know yeah. doesn't really live up to what the public interpreted to be. So I'm interested to see if you know it's called a thief's end. Yeah, uh, whether that involves him dying or <laughs> somebody else dying or whether he's the thief at all. Yeah, you know? uh, oh, I'm pretty yeah. interested to play it. So yeah, and it looks great. I have to say, when it comes to um, PlayStation exclusives, I think that one and The Last of Us uh, are the best. I would say Uncharted maybe edges it out just because uh, it's it's a wider, in terms of like how and popularity. I reckon more people like adventure as opposed to zombie adventure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I think with Uncharted. Um... You know, I don't feel like they have to end it. I feel like there was, there is scope to like yeah. continue because, you know, there's lots of like mysteries and uh, stuff throughout Earth's history. And uh, I, they were, there's an interview I read. I can't remember who it was with, but they said, you know, did you, um, did you ever consider kind of going all out and and going to like the moon or something? <laughs> and uh, 
he said actually that that was a discussion that took place um you know and he said he can imagine it now you know like uh elena says to nathan drake you know so what do we do now and he goes we go to the moon <laughs> and <laughs> sully and then and then sully's just like you're damn right we go to the moon kid <laughs> and i think you know that's that i think that says it all that you know it could have uh gone on for longer but i think you know naughty dog uh last of us you know was the first time that they worked on two projects simultaneously yeah i think it shows that they want to scale it back and only work on one again yeah so. well i think they maybe cut a few corners with the last of us a little bit um they're just a lot of repetition of the same sort of uh, problem solving stuff but yeah i think you're right um Uncharted is gonna be amazing dave is there any exclusive xbox titles next year uh there's, uh there's the new fables uh new fable games out um legends legends although i'm not really uh i've kind of lost um uh traction with that with that franchise to be honest it's uh it's a bit i don't know they they kind of think they kind of lost their way yeah the thing with the legends older, the older the thing with Legends for me is it is a completely different game, basically for the rest of Fable. Like yeah. having, um, you know, having the, the the like the RTS almost aspect of it, like the strategy part side of it, where like as a villain you're like setting up traps for the heroes to come through. Yeah. Uh, and obviously on the the other side, as the heroes, you're you're moving through the the traps that the the villains set up. I think it's an interesting sort of asymmetrical gameplay mechanic but it, you know i've played a little bit of it um at game shows i went to china joy in uh china last year it's the first kind of big year that they've had with that because they've only recently in the last couple of years um taken away like a console ban that they've had for like the last 15 years so it's a massive mm. emerging market yeah. i got to play it there uh, and chat to the guys from lionhead it's kind of surreal being in china and talking to other english guys that i didn't know um <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, it was. It, I re, I enjoyed it certainly. But was it a fable game? Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, yeah. they, they could have rebranded it as something else and created a completely different IP. But um, dangerous territory for them, I think. Um, so um, I think I'm not 100 sure on this, but I think um, Quantum Break is uh, Xbox exclusive. They're making a pretty big deal of that. They certainly made a really big deal of it in their um, uh, their last. Um, uh, conferencing they did, and they had all the all the big uh, the big boy actors there, the dude from Game of Thrones and um, a few other. I, I don't know their names to be honest. Quantum um, Break, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not massively uh, excited. It's, it's out in uh, schedule for the fifth of April uh, this year. Right. Uh, I must say I'm not massively excited. It, I might pick it up and give it a go, and I might be uh, surprised by it, but um, I don't think it's gonna. Um, blow me away to be honest um, um as for that i'm not sure there's killer instinct season three that's that free um yeah uh beat em up game you have um, to buy the characters separately uh, yeah <laughs> um that that's uh what is that due that's due um uh march this year as well so game, end, end of q1 that's a that's rareware isn't it uh killer instinct i don't think so isn't it i think it might be yeah. think, i'm not sure maybe we met Maybe. the art designer um, from, from Rare, didn't we? The, uh, lead, yeah, lead. that's right, we did, yeah. Yeah, he was cool. We met him at EGX. If you want to check those videos out, you can Google that on uh, or YouTube it. Just type in EGX and then what gear is one word. Check that video out. 
Um, there is uh, the last one. Sorry, just really quickly is um, I mean I, I I wasn't really a big fan of the first one, but Halo Wars Two. I know oh, there's some, some fans of it out there. <laughs> uh, Halo Wars Two is due for fall 2016. There are people who like that kind of stuff, but I have to say those kind of games are moving to mobile devices now. Uh, so and they're making so much money on mobile devices. Um, I don't know why you'd want to play that kind of game on a on a console. I could understand it on a PC, um, but on a console, it's don't know man i think it's even easier to play on a tablet than a console um unless you've got some kind of mouse attached somehow uh, yeah yeah i don't know they do they... Tr they do make an effort with halo wars to like change up the control scheme a little bit like if you hold i think it's a yeah um there's like a circle that gets bigger and it you can select units that way yeah 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 but just... it, the, the, the fact remains that without like keyboards you know keyboards just lend themselves a lot easier to like strategy games for like moving around hotkeys and stuff like that yeah yeah exactly exactly um so yeah i think that's pretty much it there's loads more games we could talk about um especially with the vr um the playstation vr coming out that london heist looks really cool so i got to play at the um in germany that was awesome um, that's something i definitely want to play later in the year but we'll talk about this on another podcast um i guess that's it uh, so that's it for me troy they call me the games master you want to know a bit more about me you can check out uh, i'm actually going to be filming a video might even do it today the 5,000 subscriber video for what gear and i'm going to be telling the story about when i worked on the film um star wars the new star wars movie i was in that film um you can check out that story i won't tell you anything about it now uh on that video and that's it from Davey Dave over there in Cambridge. Peace. Uh, Charlie, where are you now? You're in Lincoln. I'm in Lincoln right now. Yeah, sunny Lincoln. Um, Is it sunny? It's yeah, like, raining here, man. It's, it's pissing rain here, yeah. mate. But um, yeah, I'm I mean, now got blue skies here. <laughs> sunny Winner. Cambridge. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I just obviously want to close by saying, like, you know, we are we're, we're just starting out this podcast. So, yeah. you know, if anyone has any suggestions about uh, topics to discuss or you know, should we um, have different podcast episodes focusing on different areas of tech? You know, yeah. hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, definitely. That's at What Gear Reviews if you want to contact me. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, well, yeah, just contact me. <laughs> Don't worry about these. <laughs> just at What Gear Reviews. Uh, tweet us any questions, suggestions. You can even uh, leave comments on the website um, or the Facebook page. Uh, the Facebook page has been kicking off lately and that might be one of the best ways to contact us now because um, I see that pretty quickly it'll pop up on my phone Twitter things get lost in the background I get so many bloody tweets um, so yeah so that's it um, from what gear team this is podcast number two um, keep an eye out for next week's episode because we'll know more about the CES there'll be more tech uh, we might even know some more gaming news when's the next big gaming uh, event by the way like uh, announcements and stuff when's um, uh... um it's it's a bit quiet at the minute. So, yeah. Rest uh, rest in February, I think. Yeah, so that's easy rest stuff. Is, rest is April, I think. April. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, end of April, I think. Um, yeah, but we'll definitely be going there, won't we? So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I think the the key to that event is to to go straight to the big, the big games because I think we got we got kind of lost. There's so much going on that we kind of went for just a bit of everything as opposed to sort of going for the big the big features i think it, that's what i doing. think it was tough as well because because uh, you guys couldn't make the the full weekend yeah yeah so i think uh, i think you know if we we maybe try go for another day or two yeah well the press can. passes are for the whole event so 
Exactly, yeah. So go and see all the stuff. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Thanks for watching What Gear Reviews. You want to find us online, go to YouTube, type in What Gear is one word with no spaces. You'll find us there. Or you can go to whatgear.net. Uh, that's the official website. And there's a section there, the uh, podcast is the video section. Um, we've even got some exclusive stuff from Madame Tussauds Star Wars, uh, where people weren't really digging my jokes, my Star Wars jokes. Um, we've we got some more uh, What Gear challenges this year, so keep an eye out for those. Uh, people uh, really like the Sony Smart Band video, so we're going to try and do a, a Sony Smart Band or some kind of Smart Band challenge uh, this year. Uh, probably an airsoft site, probably in London, and it's, I think it's going to be good. I was going to say prob- probably be good, but I think it'll be good. So anyway, thanks for watching. I've already started training. <laughs> Dave's already started training. <laughs> right, anyway, uh, yeah, the last uh, I- I airsoft challenge um, didn't end well. <laughs> For somebody, <laughs> it's quite funny for me. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, thanks for watching um, or listening, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Don't be late.